I'm Joan Hogan welcoming you to the Prairie Doc radio program. Rick Holm, our Prairie Doc, is in the studio ready to answer your questions of a medical nature. Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's a primary care physician with the Avira Medical Group Brookings, and he's also a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota Sanford School of Medicine. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Joan. Good morning, Mary. Good, bo- good morning, Bob. Mary made a point of being nowhere near the microphones. <laughs> she said, if I come, can I just stay in the corner? And she's in the corner. But I she's was, a sweet I was girl. Gonna, I was going to, to ask her a question, you know. You could ask her a question. Can you come up here and ask no, her? No, she doesn't. She, <laughs> she can be mute no. if she wants to. I did, too. How many boyfriends? Yes. Oh, she did not yes. want to hear that. How many boyfriends? No. There will be a boyfriend one day. One day there will be, because Mary is a winner. Yes, and it's nice to have you here. This is a joy, uh, and I I love the fact that um, uh, you and I worked together on this project on this radio show for how long many years? before Mary was born? Probably yes. twenty five years. You said I, we've been saying twenty five, but I think it's more than that. Well, I want to say it was between ninety two and ninety four that we started. I'm not sure of the exact date. I know it was between those two dates. So let's oh, say 92. Okay. How's that? Between 92 and 94. So that's How's the 24, math? 92, that's 24. Yeah, 24 years. Okay. How about that? It wasn't before 92. Okay. So there it's it was. the only date I And have. you know that because? <laughs> I know that. That was rather a uh, watershed year. My youngest daughter left for college. I started college. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I went back to college in 92. Graduated in 94, and somewhere within those two years, you caught me and said, you're studying that. Why don't you help me with this radio yeah. show? And that's where we got started. We go. So I knew it was between and those. And you you stopped selling shoes in 92. In 92 as well, yes. The shoe store closed up in 92. And the daughter, who was starting college, has a birthday today. Oh, My really? baby's birthday. Happy birthday, Happy Molly. Happy birthday I, to you, I Molly. should tell her to pull up the link, and then yeah, she'll and she'll know. We here. talked about her on yes. her birthday. Yeah. Well, we, we, She's yeah. living in Boston now. She has two children, a lovely husband. Husbands are good to go with the two kids, you know. Are they? Yep, yep. I'm just so fortunate with five children, all of them married happily, we hope. No, no marriage is ever perfect, but they <laughs> married great people. They really did. They? did. And they're just all... Good families. We're fortunate to have 15 grandchildren. Oh, my. They're just wonderful kids. And Mary is the cream of the crop. Oh, That's that why right? I let her stay for a week. Oh. No one else stays for a week. Only Mary. <laughs> Last year, it was almost two weeks before she left. She oh, is that right? such a good time. Uh-huh. Yep. Is this the one that went to Ireland with you a while ago? No, the, young, the oldest granddaughter we took, and that was... Uh, Olivia, I have to stop and think of all their names. She gets mad because I call her Meredith, Claire. I call her okay. every name except Mary. But, you know, I kind of run through all of the names. Well, well I still do that with my Next dog. trip. Yeah. <laughs> but Mary trip, did go. It. We took the whole family a couple of years ago. So Mary did get to go to Ireland. There yes. you go. That's but great. a few years before that, we took our oldest grandchild only. And boy, were a couple of noses out of gear in that one. Oh, I suppose. Yeah, just <laughs> Olivia. But I said, she's the oldest. What can we do? Yeah, so a few years later, the whole family went, that's enough about me. How about Dr. Holm? Uh, tomorrow night, what is your uh, television program going to be? We're, we're going to talk about suicide and depression. Oh, so a real upper. <clears throat> yeah, it's a happy, you know, happy beautiful talk. day. And um, Why it's, not talk it's about a tough, suicide? tough, tough topic, boy. It There's is no a tough topic, and many people suffer from depression. <clears throat> Why don't we discuss that a little bit after this first break? We'll be back right after these words. 
Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm in the studio, Joan Hogan here with Dr. Rick Holm. And Dr. Holmes' program tomorrow night is going to be on suicide, hopefully suicide prevention. What causes it? It's brought on by depression. We realize that. But knowing you were going to mention suicide, I did look up. It's the 10th most common cause of death in the United States. And if you look at death in the young, it's, it's right in up the there. In the young, it's top. even more. Um, uh, before we did, we'd go into this, I wanted okay. to bring up the Shepherd's Gift uh, a, a golf classic that uh, is going on. So here's this brilliant uh, uh, researcher at SGSU who comes upon a way to help Huntington's Korea. And of course, uh, as I heard his story uh, one day in the basement of the First Bank and Trust, because Van and Barb and the, and the bank has been very helpful in this effort to try to get this uh, going, uh, I heard this whole story. It's amazing the roadblocks research you know, you have to go through to get any research done. And uh, to that end, I've been going through the roadblocks. I finally, our, our research done, uh, Teresa Binkley and Bonnie Specker and I uh, got the IRB, the Institutional Review Board, to K, our particular research, uh, and we'll be getting started pretty soon. More, to, uh, more on that later. But just to know how tough it is to try to get some decent research going, Anyway, uh, the, the, I want to say that it's on Saturday, July 16th. It's coming uh, uh, July, this coming Saturday. They're at Edgewood, uh, Edgebrook Golf Course. The event will be uh, trying to raise some money for this particular Huntington's Korea uh, research. And so uh, call Edgebrook and look into that and consider being a donor or a supporter of this uh, wonderful research and, and, and the efforts uh, of finding a way to help. Just think, this Go may ahead. put Brookings on the map. As, you know, we may be known now, you know, the Mayo Clinic is known for the great health care they provide on a world-class basis. Brookings now may become the mecca in the upper northwest or midwest for research. You're also going to become involved in a research yeah. project, so right. I'm very excited about yeah. this and this turn of events. Yes, I am. Well, I mean, research is a real deal. I mean, you're trying to cut the the edge uh, um, and find the new ways to uh, fix problems. It's a remarkable story about what's happened with this uh, with the sheep and the uh, way to try to uh, resolve this terrible condition of and Huntington's And it's not just Korea. Huntington's. My understanding, I've read some about it, saw it. I don't know if I saw a video on it, but they were talking about it also could be a breakthrough for Alzheimer's disease as well as Huntington's. Or Parkinson's. Or Parkinson's disease. A breakthrough. I mean, the real hope is Parkinson's and, disease. And the problem is that it's not pharmaceutical. So you can't get the pharma pharmacy companies to do the research because it's all natural. It's from sheep. Yeah. And you cannot, I guess you can't make a similar pharmaceutical that would work or a uh, similar drug that would work. that you can't believe. So therefore, pharmaceuticals aren't spending the money on it. That's or, why they need more money for research. Or they're because they're doing some other kind of thing that they're hopeful. But this <coughs> is a natural way to uh. possibly halt Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, Huntington's disease. This would be phenomenal. Neurodegenerative problems. You know. Yeah. They Anything. can't patent the process of production. That's why they don't want to invest the money. Yeah. Right. Can't be. Yeah. 
If it can't profited. be if you cannot profit really from it, the pharmaceuticals yeah. will not spend the money. Oh, on. what about humanity? You know, what about trying to benefit uh, people who have neurodegenerative? What about your, you know, whoever is the patent person who wants to make all the money? What about his or her parents and grandparents in his own brain? Wouldn't he, you think that you'd try to advance science? You know, for goodness sake. You would hope so. Do you but remember? at least the money is being uh, worked on and here, and the research is being done here. So tell us, how, what is this that's coming up that they can support? It's a golf classic. To, okay. It's a tournament locally. And, okay. Uh, and I talked to uh, one of the folks that are involved in that this morning. It's near and dear to my heart because Adam DeZeo is one of our neighbors, goes to church. His folks raise sheep, and they have for the longest time, and he's become involved in this as well. So, um, And it may well be that, actually, it will be a boon to sheep herders and sheep Yeah, raiders. exactly. Absolutely. That's right. Well, and the, actually, if you think about that, it would also be a huge boon to the land because the land needs the animals stomping around and chewing on the food and 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 pooping in the grass and making making um, making the fields better you know that that's an important thing it do really you is. remember oh, about a month or so six weeks ago they they pulled the like the head of this pharmaceutical company up there and they wanted him to explain how it was that this cancer drug that that his company made they were getting four thousand dollars a dose for and it cost like three dollars to make and he sat there with that smug sanctimonious smile on his face it was remember disgusting. that yeah. yeah i didn't see it Absolutely um, it's probably a lucky thing that you did because you just want to reach out and smack the guy throw yeah. throw a shoe at the tv set. he said when he when he was being questioned by members of congress why this was and he said well I have a right to make as much profit as I can on what I make. And they said, well, don't you think that like a one million percent markup is just a little excessive for people? Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. But he was the only one with it. So, they you know what? They what own the patent. It, what is it? It's inviting. It's inviting uh, the uh, destruction of that innovative, creative process that could be a good thing. And whatever they've done in the rules about patents and and so on has has been not always been the best for people who are creators i mean if you if, you know you can buy all these patents up and then you can sue anybody who comes close to you i mean what are we doing in this country it's a little crazy S yeah but I Good don't know enough about it to talk about yeah. those kinds of issues. I can talk about Huntington's Korea, which is a terrible thing, and degenerative brain disease, which is a, a double, triple, quadruple uh, terrible thing. But let's not talk about it. Uh, let's talk about depression. We can talk about depression, and depression certainly ties in with suicide. I don't think anyone would consider suicide unless they were depressed. So here's, here's a point that I made, and um, this is kind of, not that obtuse. So when is physician-assisted suicide appropriate in a patient who has terminal cancer? And, uh, you know, I, I've lived with trying to balance ethics by the three golden rules that I believe in, which are, number one, do good and, and not bad, right? Do good for some people. Try to enhance wellness and and diminish suffering in people that's number one number two is always do it honestly i mean you know as good as you can which is part of what science is you know you try to advance science by uh 
wiping out the placebo effect because that's that'll mess you up and make you think that something's working when it really doesn't but also to never say a, a lie when you're uh as well as you can i mean humans automatically move in the direction of trying to advantage themselves and so of course we all you know end up in that direction but we have to push ourselves to try to always be truthful the third one is to respect a person's freedom to choose autonomy is is a very important uh, issue and those ethics uh, help guide a person through this whole question about physician assisted suicide and uh, if you look at the world studies uh, the, what's happened in the Netherlands and and uh, has not always been a good thing because um, they have done physician assisted suicide they've done youth and active euthanasia which is the physician comes into the house when the family says Grandpa Joe is, you know, is, is getting demanded and he uh, doesn't want to live and go further and he's a burden to everybody and a burden to our society and a burden to us and it's time to, to uh, give him an injection. Um, and they have found that in some cases, because the doctor's been involved in, you know, very important cases of people dying and suffering and they've injected poisons. But this one, well, once you get into it, it's pretty easy to... To, well, that's probably appropriate. I'm kind of the injector of poison, and I, you know, it's a slippery slope. So I'm not been a f in favor of a physician-assisted suicide, and and uh, I am in favor of injecting plenty of pain medicine when a person's suffering at the end of their lives, but not injecting a, a that maybe that even that same pain medicine for the purpose, for the intent of killing them. I just I have a hard time there because I'm afraid. It moves you in the direction of a slippery slope. Well, the other argument is people at the end of their life who are suffering, they have cancer, and it's time to let them go. Why, you know, put it off for days and days and days and days when it's going to happen? Why not just give them that poison? And, um, you know, I have a problem with that. Okay, so let's take it the next step. All right, you don't have to do it, doctor. I'm the person who has cancer. I'm dying. I'm hurting. Prescribe me the poison. I will take the poison. So that's physician-assisted, patient-directed suicide. All right? Now, how much, you know, what is the scenario in that person's life? That person is dying of cancer and is very depressed how is that different than a person who is very depressed and wants that poison it's just too close to a slippery slope and so I guess when a person has in my own mind to make some rules that by which they practice and of course every situation may be different I would just say I, I can't go with giving you a poison for you to go off sometime because you're feeling sad because you have cancer and take the poison. The problem is, though, they'll take the poison and then they'll get half of it absorbed and they'll vomit, you know, and then they'll lose half the poison and they won't quite die, but they'll brain damage themselves or they'll be in a worse scenario. And so the rules are, well, if you're going to give a person a, 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 a poison like that, you need to go there and be near them so that if they do vomit and then they may not quite die, 
you can inject them with poison or you can put a plastic bag over their head or you know it just goes on and on it's a slippery slope i'm not comfortable with i'm very happy to know that you're opposed to physician assisted suicide there are people who can argue with me and you know with beautiful arguments and uh, compassion and all that stuff but i'm not there good i'm glad you're not if you're suffering joan and you're in the end of your life and and you call me and say i need more morphine you got yes, it, babe. <laughs> I got it. Right. I'm coming. You are not there to assist with suicide. You're there to assist with comfort. And the comfort level can be reached. So when people say, oh, someone's suffering, suffering, they really don't need to suffer. That, that they was, just don't. I'm sorry. That was a diatribe. I That's all right. Well, you're talking. And, and really, when you come down to it, it is someone who's depressed. So basically, you're right back to depression, depression bringing an end. Well, we are going to try to go a little lighter and happier right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. You know, we don't have a lot of time. Well, we've got about 10 minutes remaining, but we did have a person call with a question that has nothing to do with depression or suicide. Oh, really? Okay, but it's an interesting one. We kidded. When we came in and Aaron handed me the thing, I said, you know, you're not going to call your doctor for this, but you can sure call Dr. Home because you're not going to you know, go in for an appointment to find out what can you do about excessive phlegm in the back of your throat. You know, I want an appointment because I'm concerned about excessive phlegm. That's not going to happen. That's where this program is really beneficial because yeah. <laughs> this person wants to know. The well, person has excessive phlegm in the back of yeah, his or her throat. Yep. What can they do? Well, the answer is that a lot of people have this problem. They do. Uh, I didn't know that. You know, and, and is it older or is it any age? Any age, and Any you'll age. have it periodically. I mean, when you come down with a viral thing, suddenly your, your your body starts making excessive phlegm. And when I'm coming down with a cold, I'll know it because I wake up in the night, and I'm just I'm just blocked. I mean, you know, the phlegm is there. I go in the bathroom and try to clean out this stuff and open up my airway again. You know, and ca- hacking and spewing and coughing and so on and so forth. Well. Um, the paradox is that sometimes people have thickened phlegm because they're not making enough saliva. They're not making enough juices in their mouths and in their nose. So and then so you end up with more phlegm even though... They feel it's there. It isn't going down. It's stuck. Oh, it isn't flowing. Because you need that saliva in order to swallow. You need to make enough phlegm. And so the paradox is when you're not making enough phlegm, you can feel like you're having too much phlegm. So the answer in that case is really more saliva. And actually, the, uh, more saliva is a, a wonderful answer for a lot of upper airway problems. Think about it. Uh, it the saliva is our most powerful anti-infective agent that we naturally make almost. It's loaded with uh, antibodies and antibi- uh, uh, white cells uh, along with the fluid that it makes and the nutrients that it has. And so I had no idea. Oh, it's really? not just water. Not just saliva. No. There's more to saliva it. Saliva has got a lot in it. Okay. So what do you what is, what does it do? You swallow. What does it do? It drains it it sucks by vacuuming the back of the nasal mucosa and drains the sinuses and it, and it and it brings all that stuff past the vocal cords, cleanses the vocal cords. It brings that stuff past you. If I stopped saliva if by radiating your mouth because you had cancer for example they've learned this occurs the teeth will fall out you absolutely have to have saliva for your teeth to to stay viable 
It feeds the teeth. It feeds feeds the the gums. It keeps everything intact in your mouth. And... um, so, uh, so I'm a big saliva. Do you know how my promoter. mouth is watering as you're yeah. talking about this? How about you, Bob? It just keeps watering yeah, because here, he's oh, talking about it. And he hands us a mint to mint. help us a lot. So the okay. point. So you. So what is it that you can do to make more saliva? Well, the answer is classic answer is lemon drops. Um, actually, it's any hard candy. Well, candy's not necessarily good with all the sweets in it because it helps decay your teeth, but a non-sweet uh, candy. Uh, is a, a a good thing uh, if you if you get candy that's made with sorbitol, which is a uh, sugar we don't absorb, that'll loosen your bowels too. So I mean, you can double up your your <laughs> problems. If you if you g- take something with peppermint or um, uh, 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 those mint types of things, it often will settle your stomach. So you double up on the on the problems that you solve, but. Um, people who call me with, with a terrible cold, my first solution is Hall's sugar-free menthol liptus, uh, cough drops. I like the menthol liptus because you can drop it in a mug of hot, um, just tap water and sip on that as a, as a, as a, as a tea or as a, as a, you so know, just put that mentholithus cough drop, probably a cup of them, in a cup of hot water and sip, and you're having the benefit of the smelling it to the menthol coming through your system. You're getting more hydration because this is when you need to make enough hydration, uh, and it stimulates your own saliva. So and or you put those cough drops in your mouth and you make more saliva. And so the sugar-free something to suck on. Okay. Or sugar-free gum will help with the cold and with mucus and so on and so forth. So that was a long answer to But a if you have question. excessive phlegm, now this person calling in is thinking, he doesn't know I've got excessive. If you have excessive, it's probably because you still need more saliva. Well, no, that can be one reason. If you do have excessive phlegm, you're making all this phlegm, what do you want to do? You want to get it down. You want to wash it. You don't want to blow your nose excessively and ram it into the sinuses. You want to swallow it. Which, and, it's, and also, all that phlegm is just loaded with protein. It's egg white. You know, it's just, it's egg white. So, um, so suck on throat lozenges. And you're making saliva, and you help wash all that excess phlegm. So it'll but go that, down. But my, my first point was that many times it's not enough phlegm. Right. So either way, the, uh, the, to increase the saliva will really help excess or lacking of phlegm right 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 right. very good my father used to last few years of his life he was always chewing gum because he said his mouth was dry so Mm -hmm. that's probably why he chewed the gum rather Mm -hmm. than you're just as happy with a hard candy that's sugar-free yeah both both work thank you very good well we appreciate that call and i think he gave you a wonderful answer i think you're going to be solve that excessive phlegm in the back of your throat and on that note we're going to take our final break we'll be right back Welcome back to Prairie Doc. During the radio break, we were talking, and I uh, turned to my granddaughter, and I said, what is Grandma Hoy? That's her other grandma. She always has an answer when you have a sore throat, you feel cold coming on. Use salt, hydrogen peroxide, and gargle with salt and hydrogen peroxide. What do you think? Well, for one, um, it might be really just the right thing, but because hydrogen peroxide will kill dead tissue, you've got all this extra mucus and dead tissue floating around back there and to cleanse that it'll bubble it away if you've got um too much salt though there's a problem you've got to have the right amount that makes saline now if you look up go to google and say how much salt to make saline 
because you don't want it hypertonic. You don't want it extra salty. Right. It take it's like a half a teaspoon or a teaspoon per gallon. Now my dad used to fill up a, a cup of um, and would put a third of a cup of salt. Oh my goodness! And then two thirds of a cup of hot water. You know, well this is hypertonic saline. That'll draw the fluid out of the tissues, shrivel and dry the tissues of the mouth. It will be harmful to you. Uh, so I would say, you know. Uh, you know, just about a teaspoon. Uh, I mean, if you're going to do a tall glass of water, it's going to be a quarter of a teaspoon or half a teaspoon at the most in a big glass of warm water. If you want to add a little hydrogen peroxide, not a problem. And then you can gargle with that. But a lot of people will gargle violently. And all that violent movement is hard on tissues. So I would just say gentle, whatever you do. I kind of like warm liquids better than anything. So drink hot coffee and or cocoa when you've got a cold and take care of yourself and suck on throat lozenges. There and make are. sure you have enough phlegm, right? It's important for you. Well, m- m- enough muc- uh, m- enough. S- not uh, phlegm. I'm sorry, enough saliva. 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 Not phlegm. Enough saliva. saliva. Well, that was a great question. Really uh, covered a lot of territory and, and covering the, territory. And right? Grandma Hoy, is she from DeSmet? No, no, she. We're not the Hoys from DeSmet. Not the Hoys from DeSmet. Hoys from uh, St. Paul, St. Hmm. Paul area. Yep. I know. St. Paul, oh. Minnesota. Well. Shout and out to the Hoys from the, Hoys the DeSmet area. Fine family. Yep, good people. Uh, we are really out of time. Uh, Dr. Holm, thank you so much for being with us. We hope everyone has enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program. And we'll listen again for Prairie Doc brought to you by the Vera Medical Group Brookings. And how about tomorrow night, Dr. Holm? That'll be really great. We're going to have a rerun that is one of my favorites about depression and suicide. I mean, it's an important topic. Please take a watch. Thanks so much, Joan. Thanks, Bob. Thank you, Mary, and stay healthy out there.